0: You're listening to Make It Thrive, the company culture podcast. I'm your host, Lizzie Benton, company culture coach and founder of Liberty Mind. And I want to inspire people to create unique company cultures where our human potential can thrive. In this podcast, I talk to organizations, thought leaders, and people about the impact of company culture. Together, we can make it thrive. This season is sponsored by the Breathe Culture Pledge, a community of like-minded SMEs who are committed to building and maintaining a people-first culture. Whether you've got your company culture nailed or need a little guidance to improve it, joining the Breathe Culture Pledge gives you the recognition and resources you need to help your culture flourish. Plus, it's 100% free. Join over 700 SMEs and invest in your people today. Head over to breathehr.com forward slash culture pledge to find out more. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Make It Thrive. For this episode, you just have me, solo, solo episode today, or this week, should I say, as we wrap up season nine and bring it all to a close in a neat little bundle. So you just have me. In this episode, I really want to share my thoughts on the conversations we've had from this season with our incredible guests, and also just share some musings, ponderings, general ramblings, I suppose, from my own experience over the past 10 months as we edge ever closer to the end of 2022. So let me get started. If you are commuting, doing the ironing, however you enjoy these podcasts, um, settle in as I explore the seasons we've had so far. And if you haven't actually gone back to um, episode one in season nine, then I highly recommend you do so. We have had so many interesting guests this season who have shared their words of wisdom and I for one have been incredibly grateful for having them on the podcast. So we kick-started this season with job crafting uh, with Rob Baker and I was so excited to have Rob on the podcast because we were introduced through a mutual um, acquaintance who is also in the world of new ways of working and I think what I love most about my conversation with Rob is the fact that we are so like-minded in the way we see job roles and the fact that we have for a long time put jobs in these boxes that we have to fulfill, which are actually deeply limiting to our human potential. I say it all the time, but we are such multifaceted creatures we have so many skills and talents and interests and they can all feed into our work and i feel like if we tapped into that more in our company cultures if we enabled people to really bring all of these dimensions of themselves into the workplace we would all feel so much more fulfilled um number 1 we would definitely feel fulfilled and number 2 We would just be so much more creative and innovative. You know, ideas would just be popping all the time rather than feeling like you can't step out of this box that we've created in our current workplace paradigm. So I thoroughly enjoyed that conversation with Rob. And especially because for me, it it relates to even my own personal experience for when I was um, employed and in a workplace, because there were so many times when I didn't feel fulfilled, fully fulfilled in my role, whatever role I was playing. And so I was always doing something outside of work, whether it was some kind of side hustle or hobby, there was something going on because I just had this urge, this itch to do more. And you know, now that I, I'm a founder of Liberty Mind, I I run my own business, I get to bring all of that into Liberty Mind and to my clients. And that makes me feel so good and enables me actually to have a lot more fun hobbies rather than hobbies that, you know, are kind of scratching an itch. But you know, as Rob and I discussed, it shouldn't take us having to start our own business or be self-employed in order to bring all of our skills and talents into the workplace. So it really is a fascinating conversation. And I hope that more organizations, more companies listening to this are going to start looking at job crafting and enabling people to, you know, really bring all of their selves into their job role and, and look at how we can truly utilize everyone's dimensions at work. So it's just an incredible conversation where I felt, oh yeah, just completely alive and so pleased that that topic is coming up more. We have had conversations like that previously on the podcast. Um, If any of you are regular listeners, you'll remember when we were talking about career pathways, I think that was maybe in season, season seven or even season six, and that is a very similar kind of vibe, so that might link really nicely if you're especially looking at changing or adapting roles within your company culture, then those two episodes in particular are something I would really navigate you towards. But it's really worthwhile looking at because we do have such a linear approach to job roles and really the way we're emerging, the way we're growing as an economy, we really need to be able to bring people in that can utilise all of their skills um, so that we're constantly adapting and agile to the world that we live in. So if you are particularly working on job crafting or job roles or career progression, then I definitely recommend those two episodes. Next on the roster was Sophie Bryan at Ordinarily Different. Ah, oh, my friend Sophie is just absolutely amazing. Um, do you know what? I have to say that when I entered the company culture realm, you know, workplace coaching, rather than, you know, people often have that really limited mindset of, oh, I can't speak to you because you're a competitor and we do the same thing. And that really saddens me. And I still get that a lot, even when I'm at networking events, you know how you get these networking events where you go and and they only have a certain number of industry relevant people in the room. Um, So, you know, like every networking event pretty much has a mortgage advisor, an accountant, um, somebody from a pyramid scheme, Uh, you, you get the gist. And I remember going to one years ago when I first started Liberty Mind and this woman came up to me in HR. She was kind of like a HR consultant and she said, oh, well, you can't join this networking event because um, I'm a member here and we're competitors. And I just thought that was really sad, um, sad for her and also sad for the just the general mindset of that networking event. And I just remember thinking, oh, you know, well, first of all, I don't do HR, (laughs) I do company culture. And if any of you know company culture, like I know company culture, it is very different to HR. So very different. Um, So that's a shame that you're uneducated about company culture. But also just that, you know, there's no collaboration mindset. And that is what, you know, I truly believe in, because that is what I encourage in workplaces, collaboration. So that is why I adore Sophie so much, because she is a collaborator. She is someone who is open to supporting other women um, in business and also collaborating. And Sophie and I have supported each other through the years since we met each other with different projects, um, you know, because I am a um, solo coach so there's only a certain capacity of clients that I can take on and Sophie will always be someone who I recommend if I can't um, take on a project so it just goes to show when we collaborate things you know we can support our clients we can make the work happen rather than being really limited in our approach so I have a huge um, admiration for Sophie and her work and I'm so excited for the things that she's going to be bringing to life our conversation as two workplace coaches really highlights, you know, that we continue to come up with some of the very similar challenges in the workplace, and we do have work to do, not just us in our roles as coaches, but also all of us. You know, we are all in the workplace and we have to consider how are we showing up? What are we complicit to? in the way that we're working? How are we, you know, acting and behaving that actually, um, you know, adds to the limiting beliefs in work rather than, you know, challenges it? And that's something that I think, no matter who you are as a listener and no, no matter what role that you are playing, whether you're in a company, whether you're running your own business, whether you're a coach like myself, we have to consider how we are still conditioning ourselves to work in old ways old outdated ways that don't serve us and truly we need to start embodying how we want to work and what does that look like so it's something that I I also mentioned in my um, monthly newsletter if any of you um, aren't aware of that I send a founder's thoughts email newsletter every month just visit Liberty Mind and you can sign up And I was speaking in there, you know, talking um, to to my clients about we really do need to embody the new way of working. We need to be very firm in our boundaries and how we want to work and how we show up because that influences everything else. We can't go out and change people. You know, (laughs) as a company culture coach, I hear this all the time. How do I make my team do this? How do I change my team to do this? it really starts with us we have to be the ones who embody that way of working first and foremost because that influences everybody else so really it's about considering okay how am i working that is still in the old way that doesn't serve me and doesn't serve everyone else maybe it's the fact that we still see the input of hours as our worth you know or we see productivity as time spent on something, all those kind of input-output conflicts that often happen. And, you know, believing that we can just switch creativity on or that rest is not, you know, productive, that it isn't good for us when actually rest and play and fun are all part of our work as well. So I really did enjoy that conversation and especially if you are considering becoming a company culture coach or influencing um, teams in the workplace, I would definitely recommend um, you go back to that season um, where Sophie and I, you know, talk workplace challenges. Next on the podcast was Joe Glover, the founder of the Marketing Meetup and Oh, Joe is just one of those really lovely, authentic people who, as soon as you meet, are just, you're just like, how does this lovely person exist? Um, It just feels almost impossible sometimes. He has no hidden agenda. He is just, yeah, just a genuinely lovely person. And one of those people who just wants to celebrate other people as well, which I think is so rare. He, you know, Celebrates and supports the underdogs, but also then ha- has these amazing conversations with, you know, thought leaders in his industry. So he is just someone who is, yeah, really authentic, down to earth, grounded, and humble. And it was gorgeous to have him on the podcast. The reason I really wanted to get Joe on as well is because we tend to have a very limited approach to this idea of building a community with our business. We kind of see, and I think maybe it's a little bit of, unfortunately, an influence from the tech um, you know, boom, because we, we often treat customers or clients as like the end user. And it sounds so derogatory, and I just think, ooh, it's kind of a bit icky. I'll never forget watching the Netflix documentary about social media and how you know social media call people users, and that's because it's the same terminology used about people who have addictions because we're addicted to social media. So it's just this terminology that is yuck in my eyes. But... The same happens in business we're too often treating it as a very cold transaction as in we're kind of feeding someone something and really what I love about Joe and the way he's built the marketing meetup is that he has very much put community at his core so you know his I suppose you could could, could call them customers or clients but really they are a community and they massively feed into what Joe produces. And that is so important. We forget that our customers and our clients should be at the core of our business. Are we serving them? Are we supporting them with what they're, we're offering? And I see this as a massive default in so many companies, even products and services that I use where I'm thinking, why haven't you done this to make this easier for me? It's so infuriating. And that is where you know, businesses start to lose people because if you're not bringing your customers and clients in and helping them and supporting them with the the challenges that you say you're going to, then what even is the point? You know, you are just in that very transactional mindset and that comes across so clearly in the way you are approaching things. I've certainly been turned off by businesses or other consultants when it feels very transactional and they're not truly understanding what i need and what my purpose is so you know if you're kind of feeling a bit lost with your company culture right now or the community you're building or the business you're growing then i feel like that conversation with joe has some real words of wisdom getting back to your purpose and your mission and you know, that North Star that is guiding your business is so important. You know, that is where it it really anchors it all in. It's funny, because I was um, recently invited to a university to be part of an upscaler programme for small businesses, um, coaching and training them about company culture. And you know, company culture is so overwhelming. It's a huge um, landscape of areas that you have to focus on. You know, everything influences your company culture. And they said to me, you know, like, you know, one of them said, "Where on earth do I start? There's so many avenues that I can go down. Where do I start?" And I truly believe that it's that mission, that goal. What are you trying to achieve in the first place? Go back to the experience you want to create for your customers and your clients and your community and so i feel like if you're in that position that conversation with joe is so incredibly valuable so do go and check it out that is you know a story of how authenticity um, really built that community so that's with joe glover so i highly recommend you you go and check that one out that episode Next on the podcast was Colin Newlin from Decrapify Work. So Colin and I met through the Be More Pirate movement, um, which I'm sure many of you have probably heard of the famous book, Be More Pirate. Well, there is a community around that book as well, which is absolutely great. They do online meetups and they've just started doing in-person meetups. And it's perfect for anybody that really wants to challenge the status quo in companies or communities or organizations there's really no limit to you know who you are or what you're doing if you just really want to change something if you want to be a change maker then it is a fantastic community to be part of and it's just so fun it's the most eccentric and Rebellious um, community, and I just absolutely love it. So, do check out the Be More Pirate community. We also had Alex Barker from Be More Pirate in the previous season about how to be a professional rule breaker. So, if you're particularly interested specifically in the Be More Pirate movement, then do go and check that out. But Colin and I had a gorgeous conversation about the crap of work and how, you know we are continually facing the same dross and limitations in organizations and companies. And I really do recommend as well his weekly newsletter because like I say in the episode itself, it's something that's not only funny, but deeply, deeply wise. Um, The best way I can describe it is almost like a cross between, um, I would say, you know, a journalistic news portrayal with a little bit of almost not Monty Python but that kind of very very clever witty humor in it which I really enjoy so his newsletter is amazing and it's no surprise it's no surprise to me that he's described as a sage because he truly is um but I just feel like that conversation about decrepifying work Colin has such a unique viewpoint on the um corporate wonderland we get sold when really it, it's it's not a wonderland it's it's really quite a toxic environment and we're still playing into so many of the ways of working that we shouldn't be and there are some really poor excuses for why we're following those things excuse that notification in the background um so it's a brilliant conversation to kind of go back on understand you know the specific areas that we are still making work really crap um because it one thing that jumps out at me and i'm sure many of you have probably seen the same that there are a lot of white male entrepreneurs preaching very dangerous um, beliefs about the workplace. I've seen numerous of them on TikTok recently. And disappointingly, one of them was Simon Sinek. And don't get me wrong, I love some of his work, but sometimes I'm a little bit like, "Mm, I don't know whether I agree with you, Simon. So this particular um, cut that I saw from a podcast, I don't know whether it was his podcast or someone else's podcast that he had been on but he was talking about how people are putting impossible demands on the workplace. You know, Oh, I need, um, you need to give me belonging. You need to give me, um, benefits. You need to give me a social life. You need to give me a therapist, all of these things that we're supposedly demanding of the workplace. And I was just really disappointed that he was saying that employees have these impossible expectations when I truly feel like we don't want those demands. We just want work to be less crap. And actually the very foundation of work needs to be better. And the reason people are putting in those demands and expectations is because we can't even get the foundations right. So I was a little bit disappointed in Simon then. I was like, I don't know whether he spent too much time away from organizations because from what I see is teams just want to be able to come in do their best work and go and have their own social life and their own therapist that isn't linked to work so it was it's very very damaging that these you know specifically white male entrepreneurs are preaching these very outdated mindsets So Colin and I really do dive into that a bit more about this bias that is in the workplace, these viewpoints that we are consistently getting sold. Next on the podcast was Cut the Crap on Your CSR with Tony Finnamore. Um, I think I briefly mentioned how Tony and I met at a Workplace Wellbeing Conference. It was so fun. I went there to meet my friend Susie Bashford, who has also been on the podcast. And surprisingly, it was the first time we had met in person. It was so good to see Susie in the flesh. And Susie and I were sat talking and she was complimenting me on my p- pink boiler suit that I'd worn there um, because I'm very much a, a, a woman of comfort. <laughs> um, and she was like, Oh my gosh, I've dressed so corporate. Why didn't I come in a pink boiler suit? And then she said, Clearly, it's a trend. She said, Because that lady and pointed to Tony in her yellow boiler suit is in her yellow boiler suit. And so she's like, I've got to take a picture of you two. This is amazing. So She Susie asked Tony to come and have a picture with me, a random stranger. And we were giggling about it, you know, how we're both in these really bright boiler suits at a workplace conference. And then we just got chatting, as you do, and it was just a great conversation. And Tony is so charismatic and funny. And I thought I need to get this woman on the podcast because not only is she doing incredibly purpose-driven work, but she is just a riot um so yes i had tony on the podcast and we were talking about the social society her you know subscription based volunteer community that she has created and again really important conversation to have because i get asked time and time again oh you know what should we do about csr um it's very much a hr tick box exercise to you know i suppose wash corporate companies of their sins, whatever that may be, um, too much profit. I don't know. Um, so it is a bit, you know, um, transparent that, Oh, we have to do this. And what Tony's saying is, well, rather than just, you know, putting money and funds into the really big, you know, uh, charities that have huge funding pots that have a lot of people supporting them, Why not focus on the very local communities that you are based within? Why aren't you outreaching to your local charities who are supporting people within the area that you're in and get in touch with them and see how you can support them? And I just think that's so powerful because we all have very localized issues wherever you live um in the world in the uk we have very specific localized problems that often it's it's really grassroots charities that are struggling to support you know people in that area because the government just simply aren't doing enough so it really is important to um think about you know and i love that angle that tony comes from about localizing volunteering but also Combining it with upskilling. So, if you have skills as a photographer doing photography for a local charity or whatever it is, combining people's skills with something they can really do. Because, as I say in the podcast, there is so much paperwork to go through. And again, um, the social society help you with that. But also, you know, sometimes it can feel like, oh, I don't really know if I'm contributing in a meaningful way. Well, You really are when you can combine that with, you know, your skills that you already have plus the skills that a charity needs. So if you are looking at really making your CSR really impactful and make it matter to those around you, then that is definitely worth a listen. So that episode is called Cut the Crap on Your CSR. On October 17th, on the podcast, we had Semco Style. Very exciting conversation with Barry McNeil and Mark Green, the UK partners of Semco Style Institute here in the UK. I was buzzing for Semco Style to come to the UK because it is another new way of working that it is adding to the revolution that we need to go through here in the UK. Work is broken and we need to fix it and in this conversation if you've never heard of Semco Style before then I highly recommend you go and listen to it. Um, I also have a blog post on Liberty Mind about why I decided to go down the Semco Style Expert program, why I really love it as a new way of working Um, but Honestly, it's a great conversation to really get under the skin of what Semco Style is and why I'm so excited about bringing this to the UK and being a UK pathfinder. It's just one of those new ways of working that has so much history. You know, it's not just a theory. So many times with um, self-management or new ways of working, however you want to call it, teal, there's a lot of what ifs or how do I take the first step? There's so many big questions that need answering and Semco Style really answers them because you know, Ricardo Semler started this work back in the 1980s. So it is not only practice, but it's a global movement. And that is something I am incredibly grateful for that thanks to Semco, I am truly part of this global community where we are all practicing new ways of working. So, if you're really passionate about doing something different, you know, uh, I believe the expert program for the UK begins in January 2023. So, certainly go and check out that episode, but also definitely go and check out Semco Style UK because if you're wanting to upskill and up level this, within these sort of next six months then that program hands on heart will be life-changing um so do go and check that out and then last but by no means least on the podcast we had sophie jane hardy From Red School talking about menstrual cycle awareness, a very niche topic but something that I really wanted to bring to the forefront in this episode when we're talking about workplace liberation because there are so many areas of work that we have not unleashed. We're kind of keeping it all very hidden in a box, all very professionally tied up, You know, if work was an outfit, it would definitely be the corporate suit, restrictive, um, slightly suffocating. (laughs) That is how I just see so many workplaces. And we kind of just need to take off the tie, unbutton the shirt, take off the blazer, put on some trainers, be more agile, be more adaptive, ready to get our hands dirty and do some good work and this episode in particular about menstrual cycle awareness just goes to show it's just another area where we are not talking about it in the workplace. Um, you know, whether you're a woman or identify as female, you know, it really is something no matter who you are or what gender you identify with a conversation that needs to happen in the workplace and something that there needs to be more awareness of. So, I really recommend you listen to it just because if anything, you know, you build that awareness and awareness is the first place, right? We have to be aware first and foremost. So that's kind of a nice little roundup, a wrap up of season nine. I hope that hasn't bored you too much. I just loved reflecting back on where we've been and where we're going. Um, one question I kept putting out um, on social media was, you know, what do we want to be liberated from at work? Um, and there were some great answers to that question. Number one, funny enough, was bad pay, which, ca- am I surprised by that? Not really. We just don't talk about pay or money enough in the workplace. Again, another taboo that. I just don't understand. You know, all that hush, like, oh, don't talk about your pay with other people. Um, You know, oh, let's not talk about pay openly or pay transparency. It's really frustrating. And I think the reason this is, is because we all have our own money beliefs. So our money mindset directly influences how we approach money in the workplace without a doubt so whether you believe money is evil or money is um something that you know I only get because of working really hard whatever your belief is that directly influences how you talk about pay at work as well and that's in all levels and what's crazy is we openly talk about profit as a business we're like woohoo we're in it for a profit which most companies Are in it for a profit. You need to, you know, make a profit. You need to earn a living. We all do, but then when it comes to people talking about that, we're like, oh no, 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 you can't talk about that, which is just so bizarre to me. You know, in new ways of working, self-set salaries, having a conversation around pay is so empowering and really again it's because it comes down to that competitiveness and there's no formula or structure and companies aren't doing that so because they're not doing that they have to keep everything swept under the rug like oh we can't talk about pay because we don't actually have a formal structure about how we pay people so it's just one of those areas that we need to be liberated from and we need to have bigger conversations about in fact I really feel like that's maybe a topic we should cover in season 10. So I will make a note of that. The other one that we want to be liberated from is this false sense of empowerment. Oh my gosh, this definitely gets my backup. Um, so, you know, we, we often say to people, oh yeah, 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 you have the decision, you have the power to make that decision and all this kind of thing. Um, you get to work how you want. But then decisions still get made from a very top-down approach so really that's false empowerment it's not true empowerment because if you had any type of power you would actually be able to make a decision that impacts you so false empowerment again is something that we talk a lot about in the workplace but do we really live it I don't think so So there we go. There is just kind of two topics. Um, But the third one, and I have left this till last because it is huge, is work from home or hybrid working or however you wish to call it. But really, um, and it's funny because when this came up, I did have a little chuckle to myself because if any of you follow me on TikTok, one of my TikToks went, almost viral I mean I think it's at 187,000 views at the moment with like 2,000 odd comments absolutely crazy um I put up a TikTok saying you know work from home the reason you know there's a rumor going around that companies are changing their workplace policies to make it impossible for people to work from home this isn't to do with the policy this is to do with a lack of trust from management and leadership which i wholeheartedly stand by that statement because many companies are doing this because they don't know how to lead remotely and they don't they just don't trust people to work from home so that is one reason why this is happening but oh my gosh it blew up and I put it out there and like most things, you know, I mean, even sometimes with this podcast, I put it out there. I don't really know who's listening to it. I don't know who's taking notice. I'm just like, yeah, sometimes I get somebody nice respond or message me on LinkedIn that they're listening, which is really appreciative, but you never really see people. So the numbers never equate to anything. Anyway, I put this TikTok out and then I don't really check my social media often so I've just put things out there and then I'll kind of step away for a bit. And, you know, next thing I know, I I think it was, you know, on a Saturday evening, I just thought, oh, I'll just flick through TikTok while I'm waiting for my dinner to cook. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my gosh, the amount of notifications I had in TikTok because that video had just boomed and, and got caught by the algorithm. And then that was it people were just arguing in the comments about working from home. There were some not very nice comments, obviously, because some people just don't get work from home. But this just brought it home that we are all in a very different mindset about what work from home means. Now, from my experience, work from home should be a choice. It does not suit everyone. And we mustn't be naive in believing that sometimes, The reason people are being encouraged back to an office is because of the ridiculous rents that they are paying on those commercial properties and how much commercial properties are linked to other areas of the the economy. So we can't be naive in believing that there isn't a slight agenda there. But if you're not a company that is tied up in a ridiculous rent or in commercial property, then you should be having a conversation with your team about how they would prefer to work not from a top-down approach but from a collaborative how do we all need to work best to get the best out of everyone and what works for us because this kind of approach where we're trying to either people please everyone or you know do it by consensus isn't working so work from home should be a choice it should be a conversation it should be an experiment it should be something that is constantly evolving and you should be thinking what is this space for us now if you do have an office space what is it what does it support what type of work is it creating for us so Oh, I could talk so much about work from home, because it is such a vast topic. And I think that is what we need to be liberated from. It's not where we're working. That's, that is almost obsolete in terms of, you know, the workplace challenges that we have it's about how we're getting that work done you know it's about the autonomy that we have to get work done we are all adults in the workplace the last time i checked we were only employing adults unless they've you know brought in child child labor again but i don't think they have so the last time i checked we're all adults but we don't we don't treat each other like adults in the workplace and that is something that needs to change we all manage most of us manage in our day-to-day lives being adults looking after children owning properties um driving cars um but for some reason we walk into the workplace and decide to treat everyone like idiots or like children so it's an area that we definitely need to to focus more in on but that is the last of my ranting on my soapbox for season nine I promise um thank you so much to listening to season nine I hope you've enjoyed it as much as I've enjoyed creating it um and as I prepare for season 10 oh my gosh how is that even possible If there is a particular topic you really want me to discuss on the podcast, then please reach out, whatever it might be. I would love to hear from you because as you know, every season has a different theme, which I really like because for me, in my head, it's like creating a little audio type book, you know, just creating something that's got a bit of freshness, a bit of flavor to it so that, you know, we can really mull over this particular area you know this season was all about workplace liberation how can we liberate ourselves from the way we are working into new ways of working so workplace liberation was where it was at this season and I think we've done well in the topics we've covered to start getting our minds ticking and our actions and behaviors moving in that direction But who knows what season 10 might bring? Who knows? Um, So yes, if you do have a particular idea or topic that you would love for me to cover, then please do reach out. I I would love to hear your thoughts. But thank you so much, um, genuinely, to all of you who listen. Um, I recently found out that we hit 10,000 downloads, which is incredibly exciting. Um, So clearly people are listening to this, so I'm hand on heart grateful and appreciate you all um and yes if there's anything else you want to hear on the podcast do reach out to me on linkedin on the liberty mind website and thank you once again to my sponsors breathe for supporting this season and this year's seasons um it's been a true privilege to be supported in that way and yeah thank you to all of you for for helping us reach 10,000 downloads very exciting but I will leave you there. Have a fabulous week. Continue thinking about liberating yourself from the old ways of working. And yeah, keep those vibes positive. Bye.